Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of the Just Checking In podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Vent, a place where everyone, but especially men and boys, can open up about their mental health issues, break down stigmas and start conversations with me, your host, Freddie Cocker. Each pod, I check in with a very special guest, with Anatta, about all things mental health as well as anything and everything else they are passionate about. If it helps that person with their mental health, we discuss it. I will say before we get into the guest intro, if you can please go and buy a ticket to the next Just Checking In Live, it is Saturday, October 15th, the link to buy a ticket is on our link tree and that is posted across all of our channels, go get a ticket, it'll be absolutely great, Amir, Circuit and Leroy Select is the lineup. on to today's guest. I was asking around for podcasts and previous Just Checking In podcast, Sophie Marsh, recommended eye contact one of her friends called David Foy to come on. Dave works in marketing and has done some work in podcasting himself. Dave grew up in a rural area and found the step to a big secondary school quite overwhelming. He would be off sick quite a lot and puts this down to him not liking his school experience. Dave also decided to go to university as a last minute decision so he decided to live at home whilst he studied and we discussed how he missed out on the stereotypical university experience and the challenges that brought to his mental health. We finished by talking about his decision to move out of his family home age 25 and the independence and positive boost to his mental health it's given him. So this is how my check-in with David Foy went. David Foy, welcome to the Just Checking In pod, mate. Thank you so much for coming on. Any friend of Sophie Marsh is a friend of mine. So how are you, mate? How's Glasgow? All good, man. All good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just about recovered. <laughs> Obviously, I said every time I wake up and think, oh, yeah, 10 hours sleep will sort me out. It never does. <laughs> I always wake you up don't sound that. as broken as many people I've spoken to. So <laughs> take that as a compliment. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good job we're not doing the podcast on the Tuesday. Oh, God, no. I wouldn't wouldn't do that to you, I wouldn't do that to you. (laughs) (laughs) We were originally going to talk about your work and a lot about health and safety in this pod, mate, but I don't think it will capture your journey properly. So we're going to talk all about your mental health journey. So without further ado, are you ready to start the show, mate? All good, mate. All good. This pod could be very simple, mate. So we're just going to talk about your mental health journey. I ask all my special guests this question first. Walk me through early life, teenage years, and looking back, were there any early mental health experiences you can pinpoint? Who's the Dave we meet here? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think teenage years would be quite shy, quite reserved, kind of just like finding my feet really from that sort of age through to secondary school. In terms of like early mental health experiences, Nothing that overly sticks out too much. There was a bit of bullying when I was younger, but it was relatively light. I had quite bad acne. And looking back, it was kind of one of those things where I look back and think, uh, why has no one else got acne? I feel like yeah. I feel like the only kid in school with acne. Yeah. Is, I had like, acne as well, mate. It's horrible, on. isn't it? Well, that's what I mean. Like, loads of kids have acne. It's just like, yeah, there was a little bit of bullying associated with that. A little bit of, I guess, intimidation. Yeah, I think we'll cover it. But I went from like a smaller school to a bigger school. I didn't really know how to cope. Mm. Looking back, we didn't really get that much preparation. <laughs> you don't, do you? Yeah, no. A lot of people when they're in primary school, like how many people were your? Oh, I was in a school? small one, mate. I wasn't as small as yours. It was one year, sorry, one class per year, 
and there was like yeah. eight boys or nine boys in my class and there was like 15 girls so there was only mm. really like 25 per year and i was in a small school so yeah. i found it the jump really scary as well as you did yeah because i went to a school it was like thousands and you just yeah. think, Crikey, 260 kids awesome. in a year like it's massive, yeah yeah you're like how do i cope with this and then so many different like personalities even at that age and obviously you get some kids who do lash out which obviously you know is to be expected when you're growing up but I never really had that in primary school everyone was sort of relatively relaxed and you sort of well because there were six people in the year you kind of everyone in the year was your mate obviously that's pretty alien when you get to like secondary school but yeah so early mental health experiences just general insecurity I'd say Nothing overly traumatic that sticks out. Mm. But yeah, obviously no one wants to be bullied. Yeah, Like you said, mate, there was only six people in your year and you lived in a very rural place. You know, we spoke off air and you described your village as having a pub and that's about it. So (laughs) you didn't go to any schools in your own area. I'm sure there are lots of positives and negatives to that. So tell me about the positives of that local upbringing first. Yeah, positives. I mean, the countryside is great especially when you get to stuff like during the pandemic from like an early age it was great to just have like my own space I guess it taught me a little bit of self-reliance at an early age as well my brother was quite a lot younger than me so we weren't overly close growing up but it did just mean like I had my own space you know there wasn't overly you could walk around everywhere and not have to worry about stuff when you're growing up but yeah overall positive it's quite nice being outside it's, I guess like it's it kind of connected me with nature as a bit like I've always mm. liked going for walks and stuff even from like an early age and obviously there's tons of room to run around and stuff but obviously the negative flip side is like is there no one really to go outside yeah you've got the space to kick (laughs) about but there's no one to kick about with (laughs) yeah yeah exactly but yeah yeah and obviously you get on well with the neighbors everyone sort of looks out for each other but yeah that's the same in Mm. a lot of neighborhoods isn't it let's talk about secondary school then so you know like me and you have both said that transition to secondary school especially when you've come from a very small primary school maybe one that's not like rough or kind of has given you a bit of hard knocks already is very scary yeah. to be honest and, and can be very overwhelming for a lot of children you said you would take a lot of time off in this period through sickness so how much of that was legitimate sickness and how much of that was just you not wanting to go to school and being overwhelmed yeah it's tricky to say because I, I did always have like quite bad tonsillitis growing up and it's still something that bugs me now like every time I get ill I get like really bad throats and stuff that seems to be my weakness <laughs> the one thing I well heel. Sore throat. <laughs> yeah 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 exactly I had that a lot but then like I said with the acne a little bit of bullying nothing too strenuous but not great I would find myself looking at the classes where people who did used to pick on me would be in mm. thinking hmm I haven't had a sick day in a while Maybe I could get away with getting one in. Obviously, mum being mum, believe me every time. The sure. trust was there already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and mum sort of like overrules dad in that aspect. But yeah, so I, I'd say maybe 60% of the time I was actually ill and 40% of the time I was just looking to have a mm. day off and just get away from it. Not because I was lazy, but because I'd just be thinking, I haven't really got that many friends. Like, And I find myself at lunch not really knowing what to do drifting i used to do that yeah yeah and and you're finding your friendship groups i've bounced around from a few different friendship groups growing up and you have like little little falling outs with one group and you end up in another and i guess you're in that in between i'll be like don't really fancy it today there's a long lunch there's games on which i'm not great at (laughs) (laughs) let's just take a day Mm. off but at the time it's weird though because at the time it wouldn't really be conscious like if you asked me i probably wouldn't say I open up to it because it was almost like a subconscious thing that I'd just do. 
you spoke there about acne and we've both have had acne and I only really cleared mine up last year. I had to go on two courses over Accutane, one when I was 17 and one when I was 27, 26. And the second course was, yeah. was very intense because I had cysting acne all over my back and spine. And it was very, without going into too much detail, it was quite hard for me growing up. Yeah. And the face one was a lot easier to manage once it had cleared. So did you do anything medically to clear it up or did it just clear up by itself? To be honest, it wasn't something that required medication stuff like Accutane it was slightly it was a, it was a mild case of acne to be honest it was just very persistent and I was quite bad at like picking my face yeah. and stuff so I've got a few like acne scars and stuff other than that just like topical medication I do remember this medication coming on like being advertised on like those television advertising channels growing up I think it was like Katy Perry advertised <laughs> it I can't remember what it was called, though. I was thinking about this the other day. It was called, like, Active something. Oh, okay. Um, so, like, a high it. street sort of brand one that wasn't, like, prescribed yeah, it, by a GP. No, yeah, yeah, no. It was very much, like, by our subscription. Like, Clearasil and all those ones that you should get advertised by yeah. celebs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you just think... And then they show you the before and after of someone with, like, terrible acne. And then, obviously, a clear face. And you think, great, I'll buy that. And then you use it. Doesn't work. Like, okay. But yeah, so I remember using that for a bit. Obviously, that didn't work. And then just like topical medication. I think eventually, obviously, eventually it cleared up. But yeah, it did just take a while. Mm. We get to sixth form now. So who's the Dave we meet here? Have you managed to make those and break those friendship groups where you were struggling before? Yeah, I think it was sort of towards the end of GCSEs that I found like a good group. And they were sort of friends with a few other lads. who I didn't really get on with at first, but obviously... My motto is you hang around with someone long enough, eventually they'll put up with you. <laughs> so eventually, yeah, we got on well. I think sixth form was quite nice because everyone's sort of grown up a bit. The people that did bully me left to do other things and other sort of courses. Just because the group's a little bit more, you're kind of a bit more familiar with everyone because you've had like four years of education with them. You kind of, you know, see them in the corridor. Like, All right, mate. I think it's a little bit more camaraderie with the whole year, which just sort of put me at ease a little bit more. And it was just like a nice book. I think overall the sixth form experience is quite nice. Still very shy. Like it, it would be very unusual for me to like talk to a new person and initiate a conversation. That was something I wrote, only really learned how to do in uni. But overall, I think sixth form, positive mental health experience throughout really. I'd say the early stages, I wasn't really that engaged with the schoolwork. There was sort of a switching point where I had quite a good IT teacher who sort of like, introduced us to the idea of going to uni and it only really occurred to me at the moment that that might be a viable option because I, I for whatever reason I just never viewed myself as academic enough to go to uni and it was you know, I think it was a little bit of a last minute decision but definitely a good one for myself but yeah in, in terms of like sixth form overall really enjoyed it you obviously got three periods and I my main memory from sixth form was just having a kick about playing like when things with people in the fields <laughs> obviously you know i'm absolutely terrible at football Same. So obviously losing every time. yeah yeah <laughs> i've got all the enthusiasm and none of the skills <laughs> yeah 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 name all the players but don't yeah, put me put ball. me center back or left back and just kick people that's 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 what i do <laughs> yeah, don't give me yeah. the ball just ask me to mark someone <laughs> yeah 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 no, I, I do remember scoring one goal on the astro turf and I somehow managed to do this little shimmy and kick it in. And then one of the other lads come up to me and says, oh, yeah, I'm not, I'll sit, mate. You did like a little turn, mate, drop the shoulder. I'm thinking, I don't even know what drop the shoulder means. I've literally, I've no idea how I got that. have been dying out on that for years, mate. <laughs> yeah. 
you talked about university there. So let's fast forward to this point. You said it was obviously a, a last minute decision for you to do. So tell me about that experience, that thought process. And was that the reason why you decided not to move into halls? Yeah, it was. It, I remember um, coming towards the end of sixth form. And obviously you do get pushed into, well, are you going to go to uni? Are you going to get an apprenticeship? For me, I, I guess there are other options. They felt like the only two options. And I was kind of thinking... Yeah, I could get an apprenticeship. I'll just get something business related. And then the tutors would be like, yeah, you probably need to give it a bit more thought. I'd be like, yeah, you might be right. And then to be honest, uni, I just thought, do I'll do a business course. It's quite general. There were local unis, obviously Bath Spa and Bath Uni. Didn't really have the grades to go to Bath Uni. So I applied to Bath Spa and got in there. And then, yeah, just decided if I was going to go there that I'd live at home. A, to save a bit of money, and B, just because I didn't really feel ready to move out. And I think part of that is maybe stems back from not really going out too much and playing with other kids when I was growing up and kind of being quite a home child, mm. if that makes sense. So I've always been used to that sort of interaction with my parents. A home bird, um, I think, is the phrase which is commonly used, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, definitely a home bird. And then going to uni, obviously, when you live at home at uni, you're not in halls, you haven't got that, like, almost ready-made group of friends obviously some people don't get on with halls it's a bit of a potluck really mm. but then I just kind of said to myself I'm going to put myself out there and try and make friends with as many people as I can which meant I ended up talking to quite a lot of people and showing quite a lot of people's ear off and they were like what who is this guy why is he trying to talk to me but yeah eventually I found a couple of mates over the course of mainly second year first year was a little bit isolating to be honest and I did find myself just going in for lectures and seminars and stuff and not really hanging around obviously I, I don't even think I went out once in first year so obviously didn't really go out during freshers week at all and it was only really towards second year which I started chatting to a few more people and I guess I cemented those friendships mm. kind of like in a similar way to school really yeah. after I got a chance to like know the people on the course you gravitate towards people with similar interests and compatibilities and then, yeah, just sort of went from there, went on a few nights out, went back to a few mates' flats. And that was when I really started to like find my feet with stuff. Luckily, I really enjoyed the course. I really enjoyed at uni, you just get a chance to like explore areas of interest, even if they're not entirely course related. So lots of reading, lots of looking into different areas, which was good fun. A nice big library, which I spent a lot of time in. <laughs> But yeah, no, I think uni overall. So going into third year was when I really started to really cement the friendships. And, you know, there's a lot of camaraderie with stuff like dissertations. And then, yeah, friends for life after that. Yeah. Really. So overall, uni for me was like a really positive experience. Did you go to uni? Yeah, mate. You... So I moved yeah, I moved out yeah. properly. Before. I lived in, born and raised in London. So I moved to Sussex. So I lived in halls in brighton by actually so it's a funny story actually i'll say this in a very short version so because sussex was my insurance i didn't get into bristol which was my firm so i ended up living in this cool. really weird house off campus which was in a great part of brighton which would have been great for second year because everyone lives in that part of brighton in second year but because i wasn't on campus mm. and it was a sort of like a bus ride in i was just with these random people and none of them came out of their room none of them went out i was only very fortunate yeah. to have my mate kish who uh was in my social group at the time from home and he ended up not being on campus either so me and him just spent all of our time he basically saved me to be honest because otherwise i'd have probably dropped out i didn't have mm. any mates but yeah. you know for you 
obviously you said you probably weren't ready to move out, but going back to all those flats and doing those nights out eventually, did you feel any FOMO or FOBLO or regret that maybe if you had pushed yourself or forced yourself to go into Halsey, you might have just kind of adapted and had a better experience or not? Yeah, a lot of the times actually, less so now, just because obviously growing up a bit, but I remember just graduating thinking, yeah, maybe I should just move down. Maybe it would have like made me grow up a bit mm. more. Because obviously after uni, I did live at home for a bit as well, which is obviously fine. But yeah, a lot of the times you do look at people, when, especially in first year, that was probably the main year I got FOMO, just because obviously everyone's going out, getting drunk, having a good time. And then, yeah, obviously you meet people on nights out and there's a bit of camaraderie there. And just like you're on campus the whole time anyway. It's just easy, isn't it? Like, yeah, you always felt a bit yeah, separate. Yeah, yeah. it was like a 45-minute journey away. Luckily, one of my mates I met in second year was kind of in a similar situation where he um, didn't really get on in his first uni in Cardiff. So he moved back to, he's from Shepton Mallet, so local to Bath. So he moved back to Bath Spa, which is his second choice, um, and commuted in. It's funny how stuff like that mm. works, though, because we literally just met cause in a seminar but yeah no definitely some FOMO in first year but that sort of eased as you get a bit more ingrained and well I found like became a little bit more ingrained in campus life over second and third year. Let's fast forward now to post-graduation so you're around 24 25 you made the decision to move out of your family home but you were obviously quite anxious about moving out for university so was that part of the reason it took you that amount of time to move out for good and and also what positives has it had on your mental health mm. so um I think like with stuff like the if the pandemic hadn't come along I probably would have never moved out to be honest well I would have moved out eventually obviously <laughs> because they would have kicked me out but it would have been a lot longer sort of gestation period I think it was just like I like the comfort of living from home and that's like a lot of people saying right now it's just like it is a very comfortable experience. But obviously the, the flip side of that is you want to be pushed outside of your comfort zone because that's where the, the growth happens. But yeah, obviously having your meals cooked for you every day. And if you get along well with your family, I think it's, it's a easy, real isn't blessing. It? Yeah, it's a blessing. Yeah. yeah, like obviously some people have more difficult childhoods growing up and aren't as close to their family. And obviously living at home sometimes isn't a real viable option. But luckily for me, it was. I'm glad I lived at home during the first year or so of the pandemic um when it was like full on lockdown Mm. like if i was in this flat it would have been a bit of a nightmare to Mm. be honest and like i said being in that rural area meant i can get out and about more you weren't really policed on stuff like going out for one walk a day just because you're like you're nowhere near anyone so you'd go out for maybe a cheeky second walk of the day maybe i shouldn't be saying no mate don't worry we can always edit this out if you want it But yeah, and obviously I remember we had a few barbecues and stuff because we got like a fairly sizable garden. But yeah, overall, I think it was definitely a good thing to move out. I was quite lucky really because I didn't really want to move too further afield, but I do have friends. So I live in Froome and I have friends which are just up the road from me. So I always thought if I could move into Froome, that would be quite a nice thing to do. Luckily, this flat came up at a reasonable price and just sort of took it from there really. But yeah, like I say... Living at home for like two years during the pandemic did make me think I probably should move out now. And eventually I just, yeah, just bit the bullet really. Mm. And I haven't really looked back because now it's like, you know, if I want to go home for home company, I can. But I also like my own space, which this flat sort of gives me. Got the best of both worlds, Um, basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's given me, you know, space when I need it or friendship and kinship when I need it as well. So it's all good, obviously, because you live uh, on your. Yeah, own I do, well, mate. Yeah, you? yeah, yeah. Some nights I just like 
yeah, I kind of wish I had housemates. <laughs> <laughs> I do, do you know what, mate? It's, it's interesting because people who know me know I'm a, I always joke that I'm a 19.5 out of 10 extrovert. So I think when people I disclosed that I was moving out on my own, I think a few people might have been a little bit, not massively worried, just a little bit concerned, like how I would do. But like I adjusted yeah. to it quite quickly. But I think the important thing for me is connection, like being close to people, being able to see people, being able to do things. Was that the same for you? Like, did you need that connection to people more than, say, just living on your own, if that makes sense? Yeah, I, I think so. I'm quite lucky and I've got a lot of different friendship groups. I've got people that live on the South Coast. Obviously, Sophie, who we met through, and Charlie, and all the sort of Bristol contingent in Bristol. And I've got friends locally as well. And I'm always sort of chatting to them, talking to them, going out to see them. But if I didn't have that, it would be quite challenging. So if I was to move so further afield, maybe abroad, which I do kind of want to do at some point, it might be a little bit more challenging. But yeah, you are right. Having that connection definitely helps. And if you were like in isolation, not talking to anyone, I mean, I'd sort of stir myself exactly, crazy. Mate. Yeah, I mean, I had COVID for the second time around April time. And obviously I had to isolate for the set number of days. I had like my worst mental health day I've had in like, ages by like day six because I was just going absolutely bonkers even though I like had a small yeah. terrace I could go outside and sit in my terrace but like I was just going absolutely nuts if I had to do that during the pandemic I don't know what would have happened to me genuinely yeah no it's horrible to think and I always think just like the people that must have lived on their own maybe in small flats like I was during the pandemic you just think it just sounds like a nightmare mm-hmm. doesn't it let's reflect then on your journey Dave so what has it taught you about yourself and if you could go back to the Dave who was, you know, wanting to kick about with some mates in that tiny village, but struggling to find Eddie or the <laughs> Dave who was quite overwhelmed by secondary school and taking lots of time off sick or the Dave who was living at home during those university years, feeling a bit depressed, you know, a bit FOMO, a bit FOBLO. What would you say to him knowing what you do now? I think just kind of know that you are all right on your own and you can look after yourself. Because one thing I've realised is whilst I'm introverted it's like they say the classic introvert you recharge your energy by yourself whereas more extroverted people tend to get their energy from other people i don't know if you necessarily agree with uh that. yeah i tend to i tend to agree with that largely yeah 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 so yeah like i say you are fine by yourself and then you can chat to other people as well and get that connection other than that it does get growing up is always hard for everyone though so i'd say you know, it does get better over time and just, yeah, try and speak up for yourself a little bit more. But then, yeah, to be honest, in terms of like uni, I'd say just do it over again. I'd say if you want to make the decision to move out, then commit to it. But if you want to stay at home, then just do what you do. Because I think I did okay just like putting myself out there and stuff. So yeah, uni, I wouldn't change unless I did go back and move out. Secondary school, I'd say it's tricky. I'd say just I'd probably say work harder, to be honest, trying to throw myself a bit more into the schoolwork because I was, I was pretty lazy in secondary school. But other than that, I'd say, you know, chat to people as much as possible when it comes to stuff where you are feeling down, you are feeling a bit isolated. Our final topic of conversation, Dave, and it's one I try and have with all of my special guests. It is a general natter and chat about mental health. So firstly, mate, how is your mental health? Overall, very positive. Like I say, I've always felt very lucky and it's never really something that I've struggled with to the point where I've felt I need to talk about it, although I am trying to talk about it more with friends and stuff. Overall, there are things I can do which help me when I'm feeling a bit down or a bit low. 
and stuff like exercise and stuff always has a good effect on me but because i've got like a good friendship group as well that i i always feel like there's plenty of people that i can talk to if i am feeling a bit off but yeah overall it's in like a very positive place at the moment and like we've you know the topics we've covered today have been the reason why having that independence since i've moved out means i no longer have that feeling of being behind there are sometimes at work i think when i first started work there are a few issues with anxiety a few sleepless nights not even like about issued or like major things it would be like i have a few events coming up sunday um, anxiety do you get that yeah 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 stuff like that where you just wake up and think oh i've got that stuff to do tomorrow i got that stuff to do tomorrow but yeah no other than that i think i'm very lucky to have a relatively sound experience when it comes to my mental health at the moment good stuff mate and if you felt comfortable saying what mental health issues or conditions if any do you live with and how do they affect you in your day-to-day life nothing diagnosed but low level anxiety which flares up every now and then basically if i'm doing something new and i'm nervous about it then i will get a little bit of anxiety like say with some sleepless nights before in terms of like how i cope with this breathing i do try and meditate which does help but other than that, nothing overly like I've never very like I've never suffered from depression, any sort of like serious anxiety, no panic attacks or anything. So, yeah, other than that, just like, yeah, low level anxiety, really, which flares up at certain stages. Mm. And what age were you when you became self-aware of your mental health and you realised that the feelings you were having weren't physical and they were actually in your mind? Yeah, so very recently, to be <laughs> honest. Yeah, to be honest, I'd probably say maybe two years ago was when I started to realize that it wasn't normal to have or not normal but it, it wasn't the standard thing to have like sleepless nights before big events and stuff obviously you know lots of people have it but that was the only time where I realized okay this might be linked to something to do with my mental state so yeah I'd say what's that 23 quite late I mean there's no yeah, there's no right or wrong age mate some people have said 33 34 yeah. so yeah yeah no exactly yeah but yeah no, like I say it's, it's funny you get to this age you sort of look back at previous experiences in school and I sort of pinpoint more stuff there which I wasn't aware of at the mm. time but yeah like you say I guess everyone's sort of on their own journey when it comes to stuff exactly, like this mate. tell me then about the first conversation you had with someone about your mental health so who was it with what did you say and did you feel like on the one hand a big burden that had been lifted off your shoulders and it was a big moment for you or did it feel like something quite easy insignificant and normal to do yeah I think the latter to be honest was with my my friend Liam and we were just having a chat about work and stuff and he was sort of in a position a couple of years ago where he similar to me where he was living at home but he wasn't really feel like he was progressing at all so he, he obviously not depressed but he was quite down and I was sort of having a discussion about like I say the low level anxiety which I picked up around certain work related issues it didn't feel overly like a massive thing to talk about it definitely felt healthy it definitely felt like the right thing to do and I think afterwards we did say this is probably something we need to do more of as a group just so we can pick up stuff because similar to our conversation today I, I had my conversation with Liam and we picked up stuff which we didn't even realize at the time that we might have been an issue or we were experiencing mm. but it didn't feel overly significant but it definitely felt like a good conversation that's to good have. stuff man i like that you've talked about your triggers and your tools so my next question is what is the best book or as i call it mental health bible you've read for your mental health now it can be mental health related but it doesn't exclusively have to be 
Yeah, sure. It, it's a book which I've read twice, and I'll probably read it quite a lot <laughs> <laughs> because because the first time I read it, it didn't make sense to me at all. Second time I read it, I was like, okay, but it makes a bit more sense, and it'll be one of those ones where I look at like and when I'm like the age of thirty and think I really had no idea <laughs> what I was reading when I read this when I was twenty five. It's a book called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. It's sort of like one of the classic spiritual living in the moment books, and I read that during the pandemic. It teaches you about, I guess, living in the present, which helped me deal with some of the low-level anxiety I had when it came to work-related stuff. It's a book that I'd recommend, and I recommend reading it a few times because every time I read it, I take new stuff mm. from it. And I guess there are lots of books like that. What's the answer you'd give? Oh, that's a good question, mate. You know, the, the answer that <laughs> I normally tend to give to people when I talk about self-actualization or self-development so there's a few i probably give the scout mindset is a really good one that really changed the way i perceive yeah. things and stopped like getting me triggered from social media and all that sort of stuff and allowed me mm. to sort of emotionally attach a lot better jordan peterson's book 12 rules for life was really good there's loads of other kind of little mental health books so the, one of the first i read obviously was matt haig's reasons to stay alive that's a kind of like almost like a good base point to start at i feel like for a lot of people's like education yeah. about mental health there's loads of other good ones you know alistair campbell's living better is really good matt haig has done a couple more notes on a nervous planet i think it's good for people who've got anxiety and trying to like manage that and the midnight library is mm. a good fit i don't really read a lot of fiction but his book the midnight library is like a really nice fiction book about not overthinking or thinking about paths you may have gone down in some weird reality but sticking on your own journey so those are the kind of things i normally yeah. tend to give yeah nice man sound interesting i'll have to make a note i'll of give them. you a good list after, whilst we, after you finish the mm. poll mate for sure and as a final question mate and this is another broad one what more do you think we have to do to ensure men from all backgrounds all walks of life feel comfortable and safe in opening up about their mental health issues or just their general mental health if they want to do it yeah, so I think starting the discussion from an early age would help. I don't know what it's like in schools at the moment. Obviously, I mean, I guess it's the same for you. We never really covered it at all that I can remember. And so I think having like a soft introduction at an early age would make sense without just the dreaded PowerPoint, which covers it and they, they tick it off and think, right, okay, that's mental health covered. Kind of making it a bit more ingrained, I guess with stuff like chats and all regular check-ins. Other than that, just the classic stuff, like always opening up to conversations where it makes sense. Because I don't even necessarily think it has to be like, okay, let's have a chat about mental health right now. Even in stuff like my appraisals at work, it's sort of like a there's always general questions around how are you doing? Mm. And they often lead off to other stuff, you know, are you stressed, et cetera, et cetera. So I think just like, having conversations where it makes sense and not just like making it a formal thing. I know a lot of people have recommended seeing like therapy as well, which is something I'd definitely be interested in. I think therapy is one of the things where the misconception is you only see a therapist if you've got ish or, or an a issue crisis, you're dealing yeah. with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but most people I know say, I think everyone should get therapy. So, but then the classic, yeah, that's the links to the back classic, like breaking down the stigma around it, doesn't it? And on that note, it's been a great conversation. I've absolutely loved it. David Foy, thank you so much for coming on the Just Checking In podcast, mate. No worries, Freddie. Thanks for having me.
Well, we've come to the end of this episode of Just Checking In Podcast. Big thanks to Dave for being my special guest on this episode's pod and for checking in with me. As always, thanks to all the vendors who've tuned in. If you've liked what you've heard, give it a share on social media. Tell your friends or your work colleagues about it or your family. If you're feeling generous, write us a review and give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts to help us out with the algorithms. You can support us at patreon.com slash UK if you want to find out more about the great work we're doing and maybe drop us a few quid or you can make a one-off donation to our GoFundMe. We hope to check in with you again very soon. And remember guys, it is always okay to vent. <laughs>